Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I'm your host, Zane Johnson. What? VJ Zane Johnson? Oh my gosh. I, Welcome. I have killed Isaac Justin and supplanted him. As, uh, the, ti- the takeover has happened. I just went to LA and we kicked Isaac out. It's finally complete. <laughs> Uh, he's the, uh, Minerva to our Morlock Hill of a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> nope. Isaac is, uh, just being a real life hero. He's, he has now, uh, crazier work hours and our schedules did not align for this one, which is fine. Cause he missed out on battle hardened LA. And so we got a real expert in the booth with me today, Zane friend of the show, friend of yours, etc. This is episode 69 also. So, I think it's very fitting for the SoCal flesh and blood scene. What an honor. What do you think about that? <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to talk Battle Hardened LA. Huge shout out to Arcane Games and Events and the great event that they ran all weekend. So, glad to talk about it. Hell yeah. So, as of this record on the Saturday, a week from the Battle Hardened LA, it is currently spoiler season also. And things could be happening at a, at a crazy rate. So if for some reason we get uh, distracted or off the rails because who knows, the most broken Vincette card comes out today or something while we're recording, we'll be sure to bring that to you live. So just be heads up prepared on that but speaking of spoilers zane some spoilers have come out yesterday friday was the goody two shoes light (laughs) side of the war of the monarch Mm -hmm. uh how how are you feeling i am still confused about prism um 32 life feels like a substantial punishment i i get that ward is kind of like more life but I'm I'm just not seeing how she's dealing 40 damage right now. Um, these cards look great. I'm excited to see how they come together. But as of now, I I don't see it. Um, I, I can't wait to be proven wrong. But um, the Bolton cards are fun. Um, he has a lot of toys and a lot of options. It's funny that he's kind of now the new Luminaris deck with all this yellow. And <laughs> maybe we see Library come back. Um but yeah, the light light cards are cool. All the prism stuff looks cool. I'm not not convinced it's good yet, but yeah, we'll see. I'm more excited for Shadow, I think, to see what we get there. Hell yeah, my brother in the <laughs> shadows. Uh yeah, I was talking about it on the Discord yesterday, and it's like six resources. It's like you swing with a herald, they don't pop it. So then that means you can go get a figment mm-hmm. and awaken it for free, but then that turns into an angel, and that's like two more resources that you need to have to make sure it attacks. Yeah, and then you lose the card in soul to attack. Yeah. And there's something about like the weapon also is like costs you two as well so it's like six resources just to like swing twice or something you know what i mean and it's just yeah what is 
Luminaris, more Luminaris do. Yeah. Target Angel attack. Action card with Herald gets go again. So you got to spend two right there. Spend two on your Herald. And then spend two for your Angel attack because they've all costed two. So you got six resources here. And that's like just to do like, I don't know. 10. Ele- yeah. Yeah. 10, 10, 11 damage. And they don't have to pop it. <laughs> You know, yeah, it, it, and then I they don't get it. They have ward, and they also have health. I think I didn't realize this initially, but like, if if a prism has you know t- two angels out, I can just load Voltaire and Lacero go again, hit it, and Lacero Voltaire go again, hit it, and then like that's two angels that are now gone for the rest of the game since they're all legendary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I also don't get it, you know. The the new robe of rapture <laughs> uh, really, like, help things out for sure. It's cool that it has a once-per-turn instant pay one. This gets ward one until the end of turn. But then it destroys your new robe of rapture. <laughs> so then it's like, okay. <laughs> there is some fun stuff you can do with the figments, though, that we were thinking about, like, if you play Halo, you can pop Halo on on their turn and then go go get your like Herald of uh, Triumph figment, which lowers the attack power of all their attacks by one that turn. So like if your opponent is setting up a big turn, you can pop your Halo and use your figment kind of proactively. Right. Um, I, I don't know how you know you only have so many of these, and and that's still an expensive play, but. I don't know. I'm excited to see it, but currently it doesn't look very powerful. No, it doesn't. And I wonder too, if that is a like situation from like, okay, if we make prism really strong again, (laughs) you know, the prism simps will be psyched, but the rest of the community will be very upset. So maybe it just has like intricate gameplay and they're trying to like downplay Prism Awakener of Soul, but which is also a weird miss, I think, uh in in the game is that if we're if Prism is coming back, she better be yeah. badass. Yeah, bring her back. You know what I mean? Let her let her do her thing. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure there's gonna yeah, be a card. It's it, it it reminded me of Uprising spoiler season where we had seen all these draw my cards and it didn't make any sense. And then mirror guy came out and then it was like, ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Now I see how we can deal damage. Um, yeah. And chrome eye too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've thought about that a lot too. Like all you need is just two dragons <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah. change your play pattern completely. You know? so, completely. So maybe we'll get some of those. I will say <laughs> some of these things are just so turnt up. <laughs> Like beaming blade is just so turnt. It's wild. So it's, it is pretty wild. So it's pay two, but if you put a yellow card into your hero's soul, it gets plus five, which is just bananas. So I was thinking of all the cheesy stuff that Bolton can do. And one of the things he can do with the new aura, the V for Valor, which is the oh, so good. attack reaction, yeah. pay one, uh, destroy it, charge your soul, and attack gets plus three. So you can beaming blade for zero, and then if they don't block it, you can pay the one floating, assuming you have a blue to pitch, and make it right. eight if you charge your skull at the yellow. 
<laughs> which is pretty good. That is pretty. That's just crazy. Yeah, that card's awesome. Uh, Spirit of War, I really like. Yeah, you know, uh, you create a courage token, which is really cool. Uh, the prayer of Baloney. Uh, your next attack this turn gets plus two. Reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a yellow, put it in your hand and then charge your hero's soul. Go again, you know? So it's just like there's like a way with V of the Vanguard now to just get uh, like a 20 damage turn, 20 plus damage turn yeah. off of like a blue and three cards. You know what I mean? Yeah, and which is just out of control. <laughs> there is like a fairly high number of like zero for threes that have come out too with hit effects. Which like as soon as I see those, I just think of the like tunic V turns where you just tunic V and then play all your zero costs. Like in the past, it was express lightning and and yeah. uh, engulfing light, but now like there's more relevant zero costs, which be interesting to see if he's able to race um, or do enough damage, but. Yeah, because that's kind of his thing, right? Is that you have to lose cards to charge, but then your damage ceiling is much lower. So hopefully it'll be, you know, maybe he'll get to do it. I'm just hoping that a lot of it is not more Saber stuff. I hope we get to use Beaming Blade more. It does not look to be Saber's focus, but it is a lot of charge cards. So if... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never know. Also, Soulbound Resolve is the new Light Warrior. I like there. This is the thing about spoiler season when they blast us. Also, two things. <laughs> one, I put in the notes like we only pick one card, <laughs> so we we don't talk about this. So forever. far, so good. So far, nailing it. Second thing, when they give too many, there's just too many spoilers in one day. I can't keep up. It's just insane. Like I totally forgot about Soulbound Resolve, Light Warrior equipment chest it's a legendary when this defends you may charge your hero's soul which there we go you yep. have some stuff that's defending to charge your soul questions we had earlier and then the first time you be dealt damage each turn if you have charged this turn prevent one of that damage so like suck it reckless swing <laughs> <laughs> oh man i didn't think about reckless swing yeah it's an interesting yeah. chest piece like anytime you put anytime it's a chest piece it like it better be powerful right like because yeah. it's you're you're not wearing tunic to wear it um so i don't know if this will be strong enough but this is a card that looks like sabers to me because this is like a we can get cards in our soul really really fast yeah. um but yeah i don't know it looks great like it's a legendary too i didn't realize that yeah it also stops uh sigil of suffering as well that is cool <laughs> well wait sigil of suffering is oh i guess you're right yeah yeah when they defend Riyaku yeah. and you just prevent their arcane damage. Now it only Got works em. for three. Got, got him. Uh, so yeah, I don't know uh, what I like. There's also, there's all, it's just a classic expandable set. You're like, why do we have all of this, this radiant ensemble piece here? When are we going to use that? Baffling. You know? It is honestly baffling. I have no idea why that's in there. <laughs> and then you have like potentially broken cards like Lumina Lance. You're like, okay. What if E Strike and Art of War all got together? <laughs> totally. 
and made Zeus in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. They met up with the celestial cataclysm guy and they all just combined effects. Totally. And then there's this like gigantic axe, which is just like, great, more axes for somebody that's not going to use them, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to block if someone figures it out. It's just guardian, guardian without the good blues and without the hit effects. What could go wrong? Totally. And it's not like you can use it. Can you, you can't use it with bastion of unity. Can you? No. Cause it's uh, your no. Yeah. Yeah. They're both, it's a two handed and then a one hand off. What? So then it's like, okay, <laughs> what are we, what are we even doing here? What's happening in this set? It's out of control then. Okay. We only have two. We're just going to talk about these cause they're, they're freaking here. We only have two shadow spoilers so far. Yes. Funeral moon which is a Shadow Runeblade action, Majestic, cost zero, defense for three. You may play this from your Banish Zone. If a hero has lost life this turn, you may play this as though it were an instant. Create a Rune Chant token, and it has Blood Debt. What do you think about this card, Zane? I'm so curious, because what this implies is that you're getting much more than one value out of a Rune Chant with Vincent, which we, we've seen Rune Gate, you know, we, we know that She'll right. be able to make use of rune chance in, in more than just the one damage. But on its face, it's very weak, right? It, it blocks three. You can play it from blood debt, which is great, but you don't have like a, an efficient way to get cards into blood debt. Like all, from all that we've seen so far, getting a card in blood debt is, is paying it from hand. So it's not, you're not going card positive like you used to. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I really hope there is payoff because it is majestic, which you know feels like it's a signpost that this is a powerful card. Um, but it just doesn't feel like it yet. But maybe that's just due to the synergies that we haven't seen. Right. It's also a Carlos Kerchaga joint, so another banger, banger of the yeah. of the artwork. You know the inner. I mean, because you can play it at an as an instant, you can play it on your opponent's turn. You know, true. Which is. And because it's like that's when you lose life most of the time. Uh, with Vincent, we'll see if that's if that's different. So that could be relevant. Um, it doesn't have go again, but it's like why if I'm going to do that, why don't I just play like read the runes from Creepers at instant speed? So that was the first thing I thought of was like how this is just so much less powerful than Creepers read the runes, which is already not like. A thing that is done at constructed power level very often like it, it you can but it's not like a, a backbone of rune blade so i don't know yeah i'm curious it, it's the first like shadow card we've gotten in spoiler season you know like right. it's in this big flurry so i imagine there's a reason the art looks crazy but yeah maybe rune chants are just that hard to get for vincent and the payoff is that high that this is powerful yeah that which <laughs> Which would be cool. Yeah. Uh, we also have widespread ruin shadow rune blade attack action. It's a two for six defense for three. Is a majestic also, so we're only getting into red. It has rune gate, so now we have rune gate for two. Uh, which for those of you who don't know, rune gate is if you have rune chance equal to the attack's cost, you can play it from your banished zone for free. And then when the combat chain closes, this is its other paragraph. When the combat chain closes, each hero who has lost life 
this turn banishes the top card of their deck. Also really interesting would be so sick in chain. Yeah. <laughs> Let's chain is uh, feasting. Yeah, totally. But in Vincent, I don't like, okay, cool. So I banished your top card. Uh, now I'm a, playing Arachne. A mil, but, mil deck fatigue yeah. Vincent. If that's what she does, if it's like a lot of her stuff mills stuff off of both decks, that would actually be kind of sick. But I'm guessing it's not true because of widespread ruin. I'm also wondering because of this card and the last card playing as an instant, if we're going to get rune blade that's a little bit closer to how wizard plays. So like, what are we going to do? Pitch stack our deck and then for somehow this thing has go again and they don't block it. I don't know. <laughs> that, <laughs> or they, I guess they lose life from the unblockable rune chant I just made. Boom. And then the next combo piece banishes off the top of my deck because I'm, I'm that good or something. You know, I, who knows? <laughs> that, that's the thing with Vincent, right? You go, and then somehow this gains go again. Yeah. yeah every time. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a hero ability that would solve that problem. Um, yeah, I love the card art. I love the effect, the like unique, a lot of unique text. I like cards with unique text. Um, not sure where this fits in. have no clue why it banishes their cards. I, I guess it makes it worse in the mirror. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love seeing Ursa on cards and just glad to get shadow cards. It puts a popper too. Hey, that's not, yeah. that's not nothing. <laughs> I know. That's like the tiniest extra level of value every time which well is so popper funny. with blood debt that's that there is none there had been none before this set right? right and now there's two there's phantom banshee and this one so so yeah you don't have to run non what is it tribal cards yeah you don't have to run yeah. bad cards to don't get ran over by prism or drama oh, yeah but see, you just run over those decks. That's the move. You used to. I know, but that's that should be the game plan. Run them over. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite game plan. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on to shout outs. Great job, Zane. I got a little ahead of myself with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We basically shout out all episode long so for me my shout outs are just to the arcane games and events crew you know justin christine my uh co-hosts in the booth uber blake sam all of you just made a really great experience and were really easy to work with and a ton of fun and it was great to uh get to cast the battle hardened la round two so doing it last year and getting to do it this year is great so now it's like in the books we're doing it all the time and thank you for making that a very easy uh event also shout out to this is my last shout out shout out to anybody who was like oh you're taylor from the attack action podcast love your stuff or i just started listening to that podcast it's really good you know anybody who said that stuff to me thanks so much uh when I tell you I really appreciate that you're listening, I mean it. I really appreciate that. So thank you for uh, hooking it up with some good vibes. Zane, do you have any shout-outs? I do. My, my main shout-out will go to Ichin and Oliver, 
who not only judged all weekend, you know, helping the event run smoothly, but they've gone out of their way to design, build, and carry around this huge cube, the Midwinter Cube, that we played all evening evenings evenings of both days and just had the best time playing midwinter um so huge shout out to oliver and Ichin. they they do so much for the community here in california but also you know wherever fab travels they're, they're generally there and they're just some of the best people in the community hell yeah yeah we're gonna get into what it was like to draft the midwinter cube a little bit later in the show because it was a, a real highlight so yeah shout out to them they're so cool what nice people the best uh okay so some plugs here so obviously like and subscribe join our patreon so blake who probably doesn't listen to this podcast but he was blown away that our podcast had a patreon and he like really wanted to know what it was all about and i was trying to tell him dude like it's all about the best vibes and good community and just supporting your favorite show you know so it's four dollars a month at the lowest tier that gets that's basically one it's like 50 cents per hour of stuff we put out during the month you know which is a hell of a deal it's one cup of coffee it's actually less than a cup of coffee if you're in southern california seriously a month (laughs) (laughs) and you're getting you know four hours of content for that so it's a it's a hell of a deal and you get access to the discord and whenever we do any sort of like merch stuff or uh, play mats or that sort of thing, you get access to that. Uh, I just had a, my wife just had a friend over on Thursday and you know, the classic questions are like, Hey Taylor, what are you doing or whatever? And I'm like, well, I'm doing this. I was just in LA and they're like, Oh, for what? And you have to go like, it's for this <laughs> card game, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I have a podcast or whatever. And they were like, Oh wow, cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then since my wife has done some of the original art, we showed her friend that, and she was like, wow, where have these, how many are there in existence? And I was like, that's a great question. <laughs> I was like, I think there's probably like less than 50 of every run of those we've done, maybe more of the frozen playmat. But anyway, you get exclusive shit like that, less than 50 in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm, that's a deal. That's a deal. Last thing is if any of you have any questions you would like to ask me or Isaac or Colin or now Zane, because Zane, you know, Zane's here as well. We'll have to get Zane back on to answer those questions. Get your memo, voice memo app open on your phone, because I know you're listening to this on your phone. Talk to it. Say, hey, Taylor, great podcast. What do you think about the NBA offseason? Should the Warriors have re-signed Draymond Green? And then I will answer it live on the podcast when I play that. And you just email it to the Attack Action Podcast. So do that, everybody. That would be great. Do it. I think that's it for in terms of plugs and promotions and that sort of thing. I guess I will also shout out Tommy Fresh for getting his very first spoiler. I'm very excited to see it tomorrow. Just like my little my little boy has grown all up, you know, and he's just out there in the world getting his own spoiler, and his papa's not getting any spoilers. It's fine. That's how it should be when your children just succeed, you know. Yep. You got T Bone. That was it. <laughs> That's that true. So good. All right. 
on to the main topic battle hardened la weekend yeah So, uh, let's see where to begin. So I came down on Thursday and got to stay with Colin, which was pretty cool. We got some really great tacos. Uh, I can't remember the name of them, but they were fucking bomb. Uh, maybe post-production me will figure it out, but maybe I won't. Via's tacos in Los Angeles. Super good award-winning tacos so that's this is post-production me figuring that out you're welcome uh they were super good but colin had to pack for going to um europe i can't i don't know if he's in france or italy right now who knows but i basically just watched colin pack and played talishar on my tablet all evening so that was pretty chill and then friday I got to explore uh, Highland Park and just kind of sample some local coffee shops, some restaurants. I got to go to, I made the pilgrimage over to Snake Oil Provisions, which is a menswear boutique, and uh, I bought some clothes. That was really fun. Uh, Shout out to anybody who's into selvage denim, like me and Zane. Yep. Uh, anyway, my takeaway from my solo experience in the Southern California area was everybody was extremely nice and it felt more grounded and fun than I guess I would have expected. I've been to LA quite a number of times, but it's always for like an event. So you never get to like mix it up with locals or local businesses or that sort of thing. So it was nice to get that experience and i was like huh i totally i totally get it today you know that's great yeah this is a nice place yeah totally yeah and it's cool that the the event was in pasadena that's as far as la goes that's my my favorite area to be in la yeah pasadena is like a kind of sleepy town with some cool shit to do you know yeah for sure it's nice it's a it is nice i think it's actually the same size like it has thirty thousand people i know it's like next to a bajillion <laughs> other places but it's like the same size as eureka where i live so that's like cool that's I guess. yeah I don't know. that's a funny compare point because i'm sure it feels very different but <laughs> oh it totally <laughs> does <laughs> Uh, the other nice thing was it was not a bajillion degrees it was like sub 80 degrees the whole weekend and that was primo yeah, we got our cloud cover on our on our mile long walk over, which was great. Um, totally. Yeah, can get real sweaty in LA, so was glad <laughs> to not have that. Yeah, and then uh, the evening and Friday was just like all the homies were showing up to the Airbnb joint, uh, which initial impressions of the the crib we got were, oh wow, this place is awesome, and then uh, there's a bit of a. <laughs> a sewer stank that was uh, wafting from the street into the house. So thankfully we weren't there that much, but kind of ruined the like indoor hangs of the, of the weekend. It was sure was hard to ignore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good group. We had, uh, you know, Ice Lexi Talishar guy, Jesse was there, um, you know, internet 
always on the internet, Judge Judge Boy Patrick, uh, you know Levi Thomas from uh, Thomas's wedding that I went to last weekend was there. So it was a good, it was a great crew, great friendship. It was, it was great. I love these events where we get to just like get a house, all hang out together. You know, totally. Like, yeah, I was really hoping to be able to get off work early Friday and drive up. Um, like, you know, in my pipe dream, I was like, oh, I can leave at like three and like, <laughs> you know, like there'll still be traffic, but I'll, you know, get there before it's like peak. Nope. I worked right up until basically like 5 30, um, like putting out a fire. And then I was like, I haven't eaten, I haven't even really packed. So that, that dream was dead. So we didn't end up getting there till like 11. Um, but that's okay. We lost out on a little bit of our, on our Friday night hangs, but it was still a great time. It was my first time meeting, um, Jesse and Thomas, but they're great guys and a lot of fun to hang out with. Hell yeah. They are a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it was great that you were there, Zane. We were just like buddying out the whole time, which was pretty fun. Uh, so anyway, enough of those, like, I don't know how much people like those details. Do you guys want to know what we ate for breakfast on Saturday too? No, we probably don't need to (laughs) go through those lengths. But so then on Saturday is the battle hardened LA and, uh, it's like 140 something players. Uh, Brody Spurlock has flown in. Of course he has, cause it's a battle hardened. Uh, so he's there and, as a non SoCal native, I forget how many bangers of players there are in SoCal. It's brutal. And just California too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck, I know everybody here by name basically, and they're really good at this game, you know? It's it's nuts. Yes. Yes. California's gnarly to play in. Like the 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 threat density is very high. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great way to put it. Um, so Zane, I was in the casting booth, but you were boots on the ground in the tournament. How was that? Tell me about your experience. Yeah, so I was super excited to play. I I was seated at table seventy four at the player meeting, so I was like, wow, there really is. We are at capacity basically because I think one fifty was the capacity, and we had one forty eight. Um. But yeah, so round one, I get paired up. Um, I'm playing Lexi, you know, as as expected. Um, <laughs> round one, I, and it's it's eight rounds, eight rounds before <laughs> cut to top eight. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Long anyway, day. Continue. Yeah, yeah, so I get paired into um, Anthony, who's another Lexi player. So I'm like, all right, like let's let's get started. This one of many, I'm sure, for the day. Um, but I actually really like playing Lexi Mirror. I feel very comfortable playing it. Um, you know, I tested with Yuki, so this is a, a familiar space to be. Um, it was one of those, like, uh, Lexi mirrors where we both saw power cards and, like, n- we both did a lot of blocking. And it was it was just a really interesting and fun game. Um, but we got there, got the win. Um, then round two, I played another local who I had heard his name, but I had never uh, met him. Uh, his name is Billy. He plays Icelander. Um we also had a close one, but Lexi kind of just can run over Icelander if she draws her blues, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then round three, I get paired up with Staxwell um, from the YouTube channel Staxwell. Um, and I'm expecting Briar, so I'm like, great. I love it. 
And then he flips over Uzuri, and I was like, oh, God. All right. And then he plays a frailty trap on turn two, three, and five. And I'm just like, okay. I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm not dealing any damage this game. Um, so it was it was still a close game, a good time. We, we, we were having a, having a good time. But I lose that one, so I'm 2-1. Um, then I get paired into a Kano. Um, he goes for wildfire spindle because I kind of forced him to with, you know, with the pressure I was putting on and he's, he's digging for tome. Can't find it. Bottoms. I think he bottomed like seven cards and then, um, went for a blind Kano and just didn't find anything. So got that one. Whew. Dodge the bullet. Yeah, I know. I, I do play heart of ice cause I, I think it's just worth the, the points you get. Right. Um, and then round five, I got paired into um, local friend Brandon uh, Abarca, who spoilers ends up in top eight on five. So th- this should be a you know favorite for Lexi for sure. But I didn't see any like any disruption in the first two turns, and then he thirty three'd me <laughs> with his tuna <laughs> counter. So I, I had to you know just take it. You know sometimes it's like that. He he played he activated tunic played Art of War. Did the banish and plus one like you normally do? <laughs> he draws two and he goes, "Hmm, that's pretty good." And at the, <laughs> the end of the turn, the, the two cards he he drew off Art of War were both Blaze Headlong, um, and he had a Spreading Flames and uh, Flame Call Awakening. So the the Blazes both came in for six. So yikes, a brutal top tech, but that's how it goes. Um, so I was three and two, so I was dead for top eight. So I. I was hearing that people were hoping to monarch draft and play midwinter cube, so I just went ahead and dropped there. Um, but I had a ton of fun playing and and walking around and supporting or like cheering for my friends who were still playing. Um, Hell yeah, yeah, yeah! It was uh, being in the casting booth uh, and getting to just kind of walk around all of the tables and stuff. It just you know, Lexi was the most represented hero. Uh, followed by Oldham, then Azuri, then Bravo, and then Kano were the top five heroes, which was pretty crazy. Um, and Bravo, it seemed, or excuse me, Oldham did not do great. We, I think we had one top eight both days, both at the AGE Open and the mm-hmm. the Battle Hardened. Um, but they like did not do great even in top eight which was uh, a little surprising because if you're a staunch supporter of the arsenal pass podcast they're all about old him and how crazy good it is and stuff but like to me it seemed like the lexis have made us like small little refinements and the deck is like even better is what it feels like now you know yeah uh, i think go ahead i think lexi is like Barely favored into Ultim at this point. Um, there's a couple different ways you can attack it. Like I, I knew that Brody was going for the like the no nonsense, play a lot of arrows, play uh, <laughs> remembrance. You know, don't get cute, just fatigue them. Um, right. Which it's just not how I like to play it, but I I totally get it. I've seen that it works, especially with Battering Bolt, which kind of gives you points against Stromai too. Um, right. But you know, it's Ultim, right? Like you're kind of just medium into everything and very favored into the off meta stuff. Um, yeah. Except for maybe yep. Kano, which there was actually a lot. Yeah. There were a lot of Kanos. Yeah. Yeah. K- 
Kino and Bravo are just kind of weirdly popular in SoCal. Um, but yeah, Matt Vore, just the only the only Oldham who could do it in either event. He's an incredibly good Oldham player. He's been, been playing Oldham since that hero was released. <laughs> I feel like that's what Oldham players do. It's like, I've been playing Oldham since before he was frozen. You know? <laughs> yeah, he does have a diehard fan base. So, it'll, you know, we'll see how they feel in two days when he's gone. Who, who, which hero, just this is a side tangent, which hero does not have a, a fan base? Mm, Can like you think of any? The smallest fan base. Yeah, like people are obviously really into anything named illusionist. Yeah, I mean, I think you know? before yesterday, the answer would have been Bolton. But there is like a, there is always like the small, the niche group. I think Bolton probably got a couple more fans yesterday, but before yesterday, I would have said Bolton, I think is probably the, the hero mm-hmm. with the least like following. I would say it's shadow rune blade. No, the know? chain gang is strong, uh, but you just don't hear from them. You know, you don't go like, Oh, chain, blah, blah, blah. You know, some people are always like, but prism or, but old him, you know? Yeah, that's true. Nobody's sitting there going, yeah, but, shadow rune blade you know don't be you know forgetting about that i mean there's that Under, there's that whole crew on the east coast who loves chain no that's true yeah. that they were trying to like make chain in uh before you couldn't play blitz heroes yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i guess that's true so maybe there isn't one yeah every every you know? every hero's got their their stance for sure totally Maybe Assassin has the least amount, but it's also the newest. That's true. Although you have like, you know, Tao Tao and there's a lot of people playing Uzuri. Like Uzuri's been top five most represented at like every tournament since her release. Yeah, totally. Hat did not perform well, spoilers, in Battle Hardened LA. Good. Which was upsetting. No. Yeah. Uh so uh from my perspective, casting it, yeah, the the number of Kanos was really surprising. Um, but this, the overwhelming amount of like really good ice or just Lexi decks were just, you know, did really well. I had a great time uh, casting. It was really nice to be able to do it with um, Mr. Uber, Mitch Uber Leslie. Uh, what a professional. And I feel like leveled up my game as a commentator i think we had some really good matches but we kind of got bamboozled a few times by players not being super clear on camera which was uh challenging so we had a, a kano mirror <laughs> and uh we missed like a couple of things like uh turn zero they both wound up with a target any hero spell and targeted themselves and charged their alluvian constellus yeah um, and that's just kind of hard when you can't hear what the players are doing to recognize that's what's happening while you're trying to think about the match and, and riff off the other person. And then shout out to Julian, who we uh, got to have dinner with on Sunday night. What a nice uh, gentleman, uh, new, new of the podcast. I don't know if he listens. So if you're listening, thanks for hanging out with us. That was a very, very nice time. Uh, the chat was going crazy for him. They were like, he 100% knows every single card in his pitch stack. 
a hundred percent. He knows exactly where everything is. Um, it's all in the mind, he, the mind palace, <laughs> the mind palace, which he explained that to us, which was, which was pretty fun. Uh, and he had set up, he was trying to set up triple wildfire, double blazing for, for the game, which feels risky, but Majin was just on, uh, waning moon Kano and was just like going to fatigue or time. Really. They weren't really fatiguing each other, but the, the risk of double wildfire, uh, backfired because it buffs all arcane damage so majin sent some spells over that uh killed julian yeah and it was really hard to figure out that's what was happening because then just the match was over and the life totals didn't tick down and they didn't go through all of the uh i don't know the motions so that the stream would know so we thought julian had won because he did it in such a cool way he he like knew where his pitch stack was and he had to pitch a bunch of cards. And then uh, because he was about to draw into his combo, he used Deja Vu Potion to put all of the cards back on top that he'd pitched so that he would then draw a bunch of blues and then his combo would still be on top of the deck, which I thought was really dope to like stall his his pitch out for a second. And then he just like, you know, went for it and then didn't win. So Majin got that win. But it was like, I feel very self-conscious about because when I watch streams, I'm like, why don't you guys know how to, how the game works? <laughs> so when I make a mistake like that, I'm like, maybe I'll be a little bit nicer to commentators in my mind in the future. But I'm like, oh, man, everybody's upset that we don't know what the fuck's going on. So so that was a, a bit of a bummer. I, I think it was a weird one because what he went for was like clearly not like in his best favor like like we talked to julian after and he said like yeah that game goes to time if i don't just like go for it yeah um so like yeah it i, I would have been curious to see like there's no way he goes for that i think if it's in, like an untimed top eight i think he just plays like you know a little bit more of the tempo game for a bit longer i, I don't know how okay. that game ends i know that i talked to peter who was you know majin based teammate and they said that they actually had some tech for the mirror which the like, waning moon is you know one of the big ones but the other one is like the one for fours the right qu- yeah. quickenings and scalding rains in red um which i think really do make you know quite a bit of like th- they're very good in the mirror it's just a lot of pressure especially with waning moon yeah totally and over the course of that game uh julian's life total was like much lower but like majin had like gained a shit ton of life yeah, from all three tomes from our all three tomes and uh julian did i think have two copies of oasis respite which he had played throughout the like the match he played two of them i don't know if he had a third i can't i can't remember or didn't have access to his deck list so that was some tech so they both were kind of like ready for the mirror and it was a cool it was a cool match. It was like a long grindy one. And I think me and Uber were kind of losing our minds at <laughs> the same play pattern every time. Like, uh, But uh, th- that was one of my favorite matches. We had a great match also on stream where we had our boy Nicholas, who I, I know from way back in the day, boomer, early monarch meta days where he's playing Azalea into the chain <laughs> chain meta. Cause that's like his deck or whatever. And, and uh, I remember him at Vegas too. He was like, his whole goal was to be the highest uh, 
replaced Azalea and he was like going around the venue asking what everybody's record was and figuring it out, you know, and I think he, he did wind up being like the highest placed Azalea or whatever. So he's on stream playing Brody and uh, he just smokes Brody even with like a big misplay. Well, maybe he doesn't smoke him, but he beats Brody. So it was like, that was a great uh, moment for me for a, a NorCal native to just get her done against, uh, you know, the, the ham sandwich monster, Brody Spurlock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brody didn't lose many games that we on the weekend. So unfortunate for him, he had to lose that one on stream. Um, yeah. Three of a kind in the mirror is just such a house. And yeah, he, he I think he draws all three and, and yeah. Just, yeah. The Snapdragon's play is tough. I, I think he did miss it, but I don't think it was necessarily, that costly in the grand scheme of it, but uh, yeah, like he, he didn't go card negative to do so, which is good. Um, yeah, exactly. So it, it, it was like a, well in those types of matchups too, where you could just then like draw really well in your next hand and, and be okay. It's those sort of things can be uh forgivable. So yeah, Nick just forgot to like, he had a, forgot to use snapdragons where he could have like pushed some more damage and it would have been really relevant based on like the life totals or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. I also brought to the stream a bunch of trivia questions. I have no idea if the chat or anybody was into them. I think everybody Blake especially was upset that he was getting all of them wrong. So, (laughs) so, but that was fun to get to do some of the, what flavor is it? quiz show stuff that I've done on the podcast, uh, on stream for everybody. So that was, uh, that was a ton of fun. Totally. Yeah. With those questions were fun. We got a little preview of them Friday night. Yeah. We practiced Friday night and, uh, some of you did pretty well. Nobody does actually really that well because nobody reads flavor text, but I'm, I'm reading it as of these new cards come out. I'm like, Hmm, this is going to be yeah, good. There's actually later. a lot. Yeah, there really is. Fun tie-in. There's been a lot of flavor text on Dust Till Dawn cards. Yeah, which is sweet because it feels like they haven't had that much um, recently. Uh, Okay, so anyway, more with the Battle Hardened. So I don't know how much we we need to get into this, uh, but the Brody Spurlock wins the whole thing on uh, Lexi. Which, uh, no surprise, it's about Harden. He top eights and wins. Uh, I really thought, uh, and it was Alexi Mir. I really thought Majin Bay and, um, oh, why why am I blanking? John. Anthony. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were on stream. Uh, and Anthony Pham, uh, great dude. Yeah. Uh, well-dressed also for that Saturday in a, in a nice salmon bowling shirt. Uh, him and Majin were playing on stream and I got to do that, that game again and, uh, excellent game. Majin goes for it and it's not clear on stream again. I don't know why I'm only talking about my, uh, mistakes here on stream, but me and Uber were for sure thought that (laughs) Majin had won and, uh, we just like didn't do the math all the way. It was like a 33 damage turn and he's one short of it. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's like one damage short. So Anthony just gets to go like 
uh, endless arrow, three times. Go again. Yeah. Yeah. Load it. Endless arrow. Break bracers. Endless arrow and kills uh, Majin because he has no cards to block or whatever. But it was really unclear on stream, and we like zoom in on Majin like he did it. Blah blah blah. You know. And then it was like, oh no, wait. <laughs> actually let's zoom in on anthony he actually won you know so it's just another thing of like this is my psa to all players playing on stream like play it out for the crowd <laughs> and the people casting it like just go through the motions we all know you've lost and maybe it sucks for your opponent to like sit through you killing them but getting endless just, three uh, times it's kind of <laughs> yeah it's brutal yeah but the let's just all do that so yeah, I was standing. Then, I was standing yeah. like right behind Majin as this game was happening, and uh, I could see Anthony was like doing the the math because he had pitch floating, and like, yeah, he could block some of it, but he was doing the math of like, do I can I choose not to block some of this so I can Voltaire again? And then I realized he like left one one floating on the second spell, and that's when I was like, oh, like he's got him. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. it was not clear like. <laughs> <sighs> but it was a great it was a great game in the, the amount of Kano we got to see on the weekend and Icelander there's a ton of Icelander too just getting to see that many wizards after not having seen hardly any wizards was like great you know it's one of the I think most thought-provoking decks to watch when you really know the game of flesh and blood to like think about the lines and like there's never Sometimes there is a like clear line to take, but sometimes there's like a creative way to do things. And uh, that match where Caleb kind of almost found lethal was one of those where just your creativity as a Kano player can be really showcased. And that was, you know, one of the cooler, I think, things to see in the game. Totally. Yeah. I, I really like Icelander. I was um, glad to see one make top eight day two. And then, or in the the AG event, but yeah, in at the battle hardened, there was a few running around with the the all arcane like more defensive list, which is a fun list. And even if it's there to target Lexi, with it, there. <laughs> that matchup is is still hard. I put that yeah, together it is it post is. post battle hardened LA, and you can still just get smoked. You it, know, it like like, oh, right. like quote unquote targets Lexi, right? Like it, it has Lexi hate, whether or not that means you're favored or not. I don't think you're favored as Icelander, but um. no, it's, it's like way having played a lot of Azuri and now for like this past week, been playing kind of exploring Icelander into Lexi. Like, is this a thing that is actually going to be any good? It's still like really hard and your disruption is not the same as it is for Azuri. Azuri's disruption is, is very, very good against um, Lexi. Yeah. But a lot of times, like it's much harder to rip cards from from Lexi as Icelander, and you know, in case only does so much, and uh, Ice Bind only does so much as well, you know. So yeah, it's not you know, and then they just pay through Blizzard, so it doesn't even matter, you know. It feels like a little Fi, <laughs> where you're like, well, if they don't see it, I can win. But if they do see it, it is a little bit like Belittlefy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where like, yeah, they don't if they don't see three of a kind. Similar to like, if you don't do Belittle, you can disrupt them. But if they do, it's tough. Yeah. So speaking of the meta, 
um, unless you want to talk anything more about like the the nitty gritties of the tournament or the top eight or or anything like that before we get into kind of thoughts on the meta and etc. Uh, shout out John Abonto who made top eight from San Diego. He's been grinding Lexi yeah. forever. Um, we always start talking Lexi list, so was hyped to see him make top eight. Yeah, yeah, now we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I kind of wanted to talk about what were your thoughts about the outsiders meta? Cause now it's like for sure over old hymns gone, new sets coming out. So it's going to be uh, probably pretty fresh. So what were your thoughts about this, this meta overall? Yeah. So I really enjoyed this meta. I know a lot of people do not share that sentiment, um, but I, I thought that the, the like kind of base triangle of Lexi drill, my old him was, actually a pretty interesting one i mean like with a decent amount of room for creativity and builds like you know we see two different dromai lists make top eight at baltimore that are like effectively different heroes right like they're nowhere near the same like mars list and, and then right. ian's list who was ninth and and yuha's list like are though all three of those are very different um you know, there's different ways to build Olden. Like, do you go for like the buckle plan, which is kind of you know corny or whatever? You you can do it. <laughs> um, and then Lexi, which got a little bit homogenized, but like I still think like when I look at Brody's list versus like what I was playing versus Anthony, like there is still a lot of differences and and interesting things you can do. Um, and I think people were really starting to develop like counters to those those three, like. Azalea kind of found a way to target those at times. Katsu did as well. Kano did as well. So ultimately, I really like this meta. I do think Lexi is a little much. Um, but I also think like it's hard because if you tone her down too much, then you just lose to Dromai. And then I think Dromai can... Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I enjoyed this meta. I, I liked that Lexi was good. I kind of wish there was more room to play ice cards, but um, yeah, the, the arrow threat density is just absurd at this point. Like the last two sets, like even Dynasty, right? Like Dynasty was kind of not super impactful for a lot of classes, but we get Heatseeker and Drill Shot, which are like two of the best arrows in the deck. And then Outsiders comes out and gives us Infecting, Premeditate, and Codex which it's like a huge percentage of the Lexi deck has now been replaced in the last six months. Um, which is, is kind of conflicting because I've been playing Lexi since the beginning. And so it does, it does feel like a different hero than it did back in Tales of Aria. But yeah, ultimately I enjoyed this meta. I felt like there was different ways to attack it. I don't feel like the two finals of the weekend being Lexi mirrors was really like indicative of how it felt to play yeah i so the the thing i think i enjoyed the most about the meta or didn't appreciate until it's like very end here was the variation within each hero which you kind of talked about and how i think that's a really good the variation within each hero, like how the decks are built and then the success those variations are like also having, like, I feel that we haven't really seen kind of that the, 
you know, there has always been variation, but the level in which like the Azuri decks are built, the Lexi decks are built, the Dromai decks are built, like is, is, is vast, you know, it's quite a number of cards different, not just like three or four, you know? And I think that is like a huge success in terms of a meta, like, you know, a bunch of the Azuri lists are, are way different, you know? And there's no like consensus, the same thing with Lexi. And so that's, I think totally, totally huge. And then I would also agree that now kind of at the end where everything's like really tuned that Lexi, although not oppressively terrible or whatever, does feel a little like one step above the rest of the available heroes, you know? And I'm not sure really which card it is is i do like the idea of heat heat seeker is like pretty insane Heat seeker is my most most egregious card in lexi i think just because the play pattern of where you can have a ponder either from uh premeditate or from codex and heat seeker also hits in getting both of those triggers at the end of your turn where you can basically unload your clip and then get an instant reload for more bullets for the next turn yep you know where it's one of those <clears throat> things where like it reminds me of early briar or even chain where you just like do your turn then your opponent is trying to like retake tempo with some thing and it just like you don't care because the amount of damage you dealt last turn versus the turn you're about to have in any disruption like can't be that bad you know what i mean yeah like there just isn't something that's big enough or disruptive enough uh, to kind of take that that stuff away, so like that play pattern specifically feels like ugh, really tough, yeah. you know. Yep. Um, but in terms of the rest of the deck and the play experience, having like played against, um, and I think I've said this on Twitter or maybe elsewhere on the podcast or something, but played against like un uh banned anything chain starvo etc. Uh, it still feels lower in power level compared to those heroes and like still not as like oppressive and terrible to play against. The play experience is still like not super, super negative, but it definitely does feel a little yeah. pushed. Yeah. I was, I, I tweeted uh, like a, like it was an MNR tweet, but I just, I just said that I think Lexi is the worst best deck in format we've ever had. <laughs> and I th- and I think that that's good. I think that's a success, right? Like, yeah, yeah something totally. will always rise to the top as like what's the best by a little bit. But as far as like how much better she is, I think it's, I think it's narrow. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, especially against like, you know, rogue rogue decks, like you have no chance or whatever. But, um, so yeah, that's kind of you know. I've enjoyed Outsiders, I think, for the most part. Um, what's a little tough is, for me personally, is some of the heroes I really like like to play are a little bit unplayable. And so I'm kind of going through the motions. Like, I really do like Zuri. I think she's really cool and has like some really fun play patterns. And there's still a lot to explore with... Um, the deck building and stuff, but mm-hmm. just assassin overall just doesn't have the depth of card pool or play styles or, you know, things that other classes 
have and the kind of not being able to marry contracts and stealth together is um, tough. You know what I mean? So, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I've been really enjoying playing Assassin, uh, it's still not like my boy Viscerai or, uh, you know, my, my boy Chain, Shadow Rune Blades. So um, we'll have to see. Or like Icelander, you know, uh, I, I've been having a lot of fun this week getting to play Icelander, just smoking everybody but Icelander. I mean, uh, besides Lexi, but... yeah. You know, just the the decks I enjoy the most to play are not um, as viable. So that's like a little bit more challenging. But like I think also a natural ebb and flow of the game when you play it over years and years. So I'm trying to think of it like long term, like, well, I'll have my time in the sun again. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll play a broken hero and be good at this game again. That'll be nice. Yeah, I mean, like I've played Lexi during pq2 season right like and it's like she wasn't good back then like you know she was strong but and then all of a sudden you get a set that supports your your class and you know i know uzuri definitely just got that but it's cyclical certainly they'll ban something for lexi illusionist comes back and she'll be you know banished to the shadow realm and (laughs) it'll all come around yeah and and that's like, yeah, like I said, the nature of probably how TCGs go, I suppose, in a, a non-rotating format is that, you know, your your hero will have peaks and valleys and that sort of thing. And being less relevant is just part of the game. It might be like a little bit more boring, but it's like I think that is where uh, limited plays like a huge part of keeping interest in the game you know especially for for me yeah you know because it's like a, a way to play the game at a high level competitively and uh you don't have to worry about like the meta so much you can just play the the game basically and if you got good fundies then uh you can express your skills versus other players which is you know part of the fun of the game is being competitive and showing everybody how uh cool you are by playing so well (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh so i'm excited for a brand new meta it's definitely the the it's it's time it's time this has been a been a good pace i think and uh, I'm excited we get a draft monarch and then we get this new set and there'll be new new deck building stuff um, and that sort of thing. So uh, should we kind of scoot our booties over to Sunday and talk about the Sunday? That's right. That was only Saturday, people. <laughs> That's how long our days were. I mean, I was at the venue from 9 till 10 p.m. Yeah. You know, is it's crazy. Yeah, time just it was it was weird. Time just flew down there like you'd get there, you'd start to play your games and you'd like check your phone and it's 2 p.m. and you're like, "Oh, jeez, <laughs> yeah. I haven't eaten anything." Yeah, totally. And then you're like, "Oh, man, I should be burnt out and I should go home or whatever." But no, you just like go back, you just like go get some food across the street, come back and like play more games and you know, that's I mean, we talked about this I think on Sunday Zane is just like 
how nice everybody is yeah the <laughs> community psyched. the community in the in the room was fantastic like there was so many like side events and side side drafts and, and cube and just like people hyped to talk meta in midwinter cube and monarch draft and like yeah, it was just yeah. a ton of fun it was yeah in you know shout out to uh Haley neighbors who did the poster art and um was there doing like artist proofs of stuff like mm. you could get you know a little a little blank card and she would do a sketch on there for you um and she did azuri and arachne for me friendship so they're like fist bumping buddies on the same card which is really cool and so that was like a nice touch and the metal fab tokens booth was there selling those things so i got a a cool i'll have a, a post of this on my twitter all of the cool shit I didn't expect to get, you know, um, but like, you know, there were cool t-shirts and fab tokens and, and, you know, singles, et cetera. So if it feels like it was just such a good event, especially because it had all of these little extra things for you to do there as well. Yeah. You know, very, that was very impressive event, honestly. Yeah, totally. It wasn't just like, here's the tournament. It's run poorly. But you're happy because you get to play, you know. It was like, here's this event. It's running smooth. You're happy to play. And plus, we're keeping people in the venue because we have all this other stuff going on. Yes. So, yeah. huge, huge win there. So, Sunday, uh, we have breakfast at a different place, which was <laughs> great. <laughs> we had breakfast at the place we intended to have breakfast the day before. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was like, uh, it was a jarring experience. I felt like I was at like 50s summer camp vibe. Anyway, I forget what that place is called. Mastins. Shout out to Mastins. Marstons. Marstons? I feel like there's an R in there. But yeah. Maybe, maybe it's Masterons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, those of you in the Pasadena area know. So Sunday's the AG Open. Your boy Taylor's chance, the Falcon of the West, to spread his wings. Here he comes. And dominate. Swooping over the top. Swooping only less than 100 players, easily winnable. Round one, I sit down, and it's Brody Spurlock. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) sick. This is how today's going, you know? Uh, So I'm like, okay, I could do this. Azuri into Lexi, totally possible. And we're playing, and I'm just like, boy, I haven't seen a shakedown or a CNC (laughs) Or a leave no witness in a very long time. And so turn turn zero was he just loads an arrow, sets up a six card hand. You know, I win the die roll. I'm like, hell yeah, we're doing this. And my hand is come to fight, uh, sink below, mm, some other red and uh, wither. Mm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I can force this defense reaction into my arsenal, so that feels pretty good. And I can probably give him a uh uh whatever it's called. <laughs> a frailty, frailty token. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that'll be a, quite a bit of value here. So and if he blocks this, great. So I like I think I should have pitched to play the come to fight, so the wither came in for six rather than using the two reds to dagger and then wither, but I wanted to like I was bluffing a CNC is right. what I was trying to do, you know? The, yeah. And, yeah. 
and I think maybe just like going for the more damage was maybe the right call, but in the end, you know, spoilers, Brody beats me. But anyway, so I get the I get the frailty token, I get the defense reaction in my arsenal. I'm feeling pretty good, and it's a three of a kind turn, and I'm like, okay, well at least he has a frailty token, but it's just like a fucking banger of a turn. So all of his turns basically were either he had a three of a kind a rain razors or a codex for nine turns in a row. And it wasn't on like, it wasn't until like turn seven, eight and nine that I finally started seeing my disruption. And I, I think I misplayed a bit of that game and I should have kind of just like weathered the storm and blocked more until I saw my good cards. So I would have had a higher life total, uh, which is, which is fine. But sometimes it's just also like they see the cards and, and, and you don't kind of deal, but and, and Brody's fine to play against, you know, he was like very nice and wasn't a dick or whatever, but there was this moment that I have got to say is that, you know, we're, we're going through the game and Brody takes a hundred years on his turn. Like when there's like no decisions to make, he always, he always thinks shuffles his cards. He's a very slow player in terms of speed at which you could play the game below average in speed, not even average speed. And he mentions on my turn as I'm like tanking pretty hard as I'm like just kind of trying not to get tilted off the face of the earth on his like third codex or or his third three of a kind or whatever. He's like, we should probably speed it up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) you're totally right because I'm just fucking playing slow because you're playing slow. So I start playing fast and he changes zero of his pace of play. And I was just like, man, come on. be a part of this team right here he got you uh, prank <laughs> he got me you know so uh brody if you're listening to this podcast play faster dude and if you're gonna tell me to play faster you too join in and playing faster please <laughs> yeah uh, uh how was the age for for you as well yeah it was fun i was i went into the event with like a lot less like intensity i guess like not not intentionally, I guess, but just kind of like, all right, like I'm a little tired. This event, you know, it's not, doesn't have ELO. It's, it's an AG open. Like I've, I've done these before. Um, I went five and two. Um, I lose one game to Zach Wallach, who's, uh, you know, world's top 16 competitor, just a nasty Jomai player. Um, we were, we were like, hashtag dragon daddy. Yeah. We, we were just laughing the whole game. I, I just didn't draw anything powerful all game long. Like, and like he, he's a very, you know, well-seasoned player. He knows what that looks like too. And he was even commenting like, wow, where are your good cards? But like the game ended and I had, it was like, I had seen probably 40 cards of my deck. And then the last like 20 cards of my deck were like all three of my three, uh, rain razors and two of my three of a kinds and like the infecting shots. And I was just like, uh, all right, I don't know what to do. I, I guess I lose. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes. Zach's very good into, into Lexi on his Dromai. Yeah. Um, and then I lose a, a close one to France um, in the mid-rounds. Um, I had to go to exactly eight. Uh, he's what playing dick. I, I, uh, France. He beat me also round two. Like, I lose to Brody, and then I have to play France round two on Icelander. I'm like, fuck, brutal. now I got to play a bad matchup? Brutal. And it it was close-ish. But uh, 
I did not. From now on, when I go to somebody else's meta, I should just ask, what are people most likely going to play? You know, and it's like wizards and guardians. Yeah, wiz- you know? wizard and guardian will always show up. And so I should have brought more AB, but anyway. Yeah. So it, France. it was a weird game with me and France, but, you know, I, I'm good friends with France and we had a great time. But I had to go totally. to I had to go to exactly eight um, and he had played two red ice veins. And so I, I could get him off Arsenal and Arsenal lightning press at eight. And I'm like, OK, I win this game 100 percent of the time as long as he doesn't draw the third red ice vein. <laughs> and so like I activate Lexi and I just look at him. And I'm like, do you have it? He goes, I have it. And then <laughs> sure enough, he had two blues and red ice vein. So such is life. You got me. GG's. Um, but yeah, five and two, you know, I think it was like 14th place. Um, but it's funny. I, I, as soon as I was not live for top eight, I went over to each in and I was like, oh, I'm going to drop. And then, so he had dropped me and the round timer was still going. And then someone was like, oh, like, what about AGE points? And I was like, right. Oh, no. I think I was like 18th in the standings, like going in. And I was like, oh, man, I think I need the t- <laughs> walk of shame back to each end. <laughs> Can you undrop me? Um, and then I played it out and, and, and won out from there. Uh, yeah. So for, for those of you at home who don't know what AGE points are, Zane, could you enlighten us on what that is as well? I would love to. Yeah. So the AGE open is a monthly, um, like open with a, a player's championship on at the end. So I think it started in January and then July is the last one. So I think there's been seven, maybe six. I'm not sure. Um, but basically based on your placement, so whether you win, get top four, top eight, top 12 or top 16, you get a different number of AGE points. And then they add up all the monthly AGE points um, after July. And the top 16 players get invited to a, a player's invitational um, for $3,000, I believe it is, um, in August. So I was in the top 16. I've, I've been unable to attend a few of these events, which has really been annoying. So I'd only gone to three so far. But I top eight at the first one, top 12 to the second one, and then I think I got 14th at this one. So I, I'm just squeaking in at 16th right now. So I need to show up um, in July and do well to make sure I keep my spot. But um, yeah, the players invitation on August is going to be really cool. I'm just, you know, 16 of the best players in SoCal and in California. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's one of the coolest things I think going on in flesh and blood is this homegrown tournament by justin and the arcane games and events Uh, it's incredible and they're such fun events and so well run yeah totally and they always have a stream shout out to the the streaming bros i uh would like man i really want to make the july one just because it's like a new meta and i know the tournament's going to be run really well Mm -hmm. Um, but another trip to socal my wife is out of town that time too so it makes things a little bit more complicated but i'm gonna look into it yeah come on if down. not i'm gonna i'm gonna see if justin will uh let me cast the august one if it's uh uh before school but if it's like during school probably not but anyway uh yeah i love that i got my one age open point for participating because i went one and three and then uh and dropped i beat uh the only person i beat was teak shout out to teak of the f- former um what's the word portland portland meta 
Uh, so now he's a, he's going to be a Sacramento man, but anyway, uh, beat him on a rack knee. And, uh, then I lost to Connor, a, on Reinar and, uh, he double blood rushed me. And then a turn later, blood rushed me again. And you know, that was the game. <laughs> I played Connor as well at the AG open. Yeah. Uh, cool dude. He was a, it was a great game. He was very chill. He was definitely very good at Reinar. Um, and I think that was the best game I had played, uh, you know, at least, or there was the most fun, fun game I had played all day. Uh, but unfortunately I did not win. And it was like, he did not see a blood rush for a very long time. And I was like, man, some of these are coming up. I need to get his health total so low. And I just couldn't get there. And, uh, there was an interesting decision point in the game where I have a codex and I have, I think tunics charged. So like the play and I, but I don't have a blue, which is unfortunate, or I haven't seen a CNC. One of the ones where I can't get CNC, which is the one I really want to get because it'll take more cards, not just a card and his scab skins, which he hasn't blocked with yet to get his arsenal. Cause I'm pretty sure he has blood rush either in hand or in his arsenal or, or somewhere he's got blood rush. Cause he's like kind of tanked my turn. Uh, so I could get either death touch because I have one, I have an extra resource or I could get uh leave no witness. And I debated on it for a long time. I was like, I can't under, I had a hard time figuring out which one had more value. Cause if death touch hits it's six damage and I can give another frailty, so if he has one blood rush, I basically delete the plus two on both claws and I can block those clean with a card. <clears throat> so I thought that was like kind of a good play, you know, rather than maybe just taking a card out of his hand and scab skins, mm-hmm. you know, that um, it seemed that I was going to get more value off of the double frailty token. So I went with that, which we talked about after the game. And I think, leave no witnesses a little bit better. So what happens is he double blood rushes me that turn, which I did not think about, (laughs) you know? So the difference was he still, the claws still came in for five Uh, each rather than three, but they would have come in for seven if, if we hadn't given them double frailty. But the other thing was that if I, he had like drawn exact resources to be able to go claw, claw, uh gigantic attack it was like i think it was like uh whatever it is swing big whatever the one zero for the biggest one the big one is you know that came in for whatever it was 12 um but if i had done leave no witness he i get value from like because late in the game it's still a little close but i'm playing around scabskins block but he would for sure have to have used them and then I wouldn't have to play around it. And if I strip a card from his hand, it means one of the claws he can't swing basically. So it would be minus seven on that turn, but it still would be like claw for seven. Then it still would be huge. Um, But it maybe would have been a little bit more value if I had used uh, leave no witness instead. So kind of an interesting uh, decision point there but only in hindsight because who thinks they're going to have double blood rush you know what i mean like in yeah so yeah i anyway. he was he had a uh, blood rush and arsenal in our game and then he drew a blood rush 
and I I, yeah. I pitched a yellow and I shot him with endless arrow and I saw him look at his hand <laughs> and he's like no blocks yeah and then I pitched the endless to CNC him and he was just like Ugh. yeah because I'd already yep. he'd already used his crown but yeah so he almost double blood rushed me too yeah it was the same thing he had uh he had like a hand that didn't work arsenal the blood rush yeah and then drew the next one and then just tanked my turn so plays the one from hand and then plays the one from arsenal which is the safe way to do it rather than both be in hand so uh tough so then i dropped (laughs) uh but what was great after i dropped i think did uh who did i go get lunch with i got lunch with thomas and we went and had like a couple of beers uh, nearby and had some like good food. I ate some vegetables, uh, which was really important. <laughs> keep keep the mood up. And then we came back and we uh, drafted Oliver in Yichen's Midwinter Cube, um, which I had been talking to Oliver about uh, all all weekend. And whoa, boy, howdy, was that a shit ton of fun for sure? The highlight, you know, I'm in. Uh, I'm sitting right next to Anthony Pham, who's who's now just such a good homie. I hope I get to hang out with him some more. He's what a great dude. He's the best. Super fun. Yeah. And uh, so I'm between him and Oliver. So it's just like jokes the whole time. You know, Oliver is h- hilarious in this. He's like, <laughs> "Ooh, do I give this to you? Do I not give this to you? You know, you'll like this." Or you know, he has a lot of funny, funny table talk. Um, and so if you don't know what the Midwinter Cube is, it's uh, you know, a cube is a is a curated draft experience that Oliver and Yichin have set up, and it's really nice. It comes, you know, they got this uh, ultimate guard giant hive box and all of these nice little tuck boxes from Dragon Shield, and you know everything's double sleeved already, so you don't have to sleeve your cards, which is awesome. So the game's like you wind up getting to play really fast because of that, and it's Icelander and Kano. And Lexi and Azalea are in the cube. Just four of the um, most banger heroes of all time. Oh, like. for sure. Like definitely my top, probably my top uh, heroes that I like to draft for sure. Yeah. Which is just so fun. Like they're so fun in, in a, a limited environment. Um, so the idea, and also if you don't, if you want to know more about this cube, I recommend... Um, reaching out to them or you can check them out at okay and why uh podcast on youtube uh we did there's an episode i forget which number we do an interview with them but they were just also on on the podcast on the bobble (laughs) with with yuki and they talked all about their cube experiences and in making it and that sort of thing so if you want to find out more about that you could go there yeah, there's a big Reddit post that Ichin made when he when they were first publishing it as well. So there's like, you can read about it, you can hear about it on the podcast, or you can track them down yeah. in an event, you can play it. Yeah, and it, it was just a ton of fun. What was really cool, and when I've made cubes in the past for other games, I usually have more cards than each player needs. So there's like always a mystery of like what card is left, but one of the things they wanted to do is like every single card gets drafted. So you actually know the whole pool that's going to be available, Mm -hmm. which I thought was like really cool. So uh, gosh, I don't even know where to begin. It was just so much fun. I 
Oliver uh, kind of priced me into Icelander, but then I also like uh, the signals also to Anthony were Icelander. So I was kind of cutting him from Icelander for most of the game or most of the draft, which was uh, unfortunate. I tried to stay like open and be good. Another thing that they do, we, we can talk about this. So anyway, I'm in, I'm in Icelander uh, in this first draft. Uh I don't really know where to go from here, but I go two one in that pod. I lose in the the finals to uh, shout out to the Canadians. Which Canadian was it? Canadian. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Ian. <laughs> uh, it was Ian, and he was on Kano. And I forgot that uh, Nolrune Robe was a token. I think I actually can make that game a lot closer uh, if I remember that. Nolrun robe is a token, but rookie mistake. I have stir forked in my Icelander deck, which has won me the previous two games because 10 arcane damage is a lot. So, uh, and I'm, his Kano deck is like superior to my Icelander deck in, in every way. So I kind of, um, am banking on the YOLO of getting stir forked. So I saw stir early and arsenaled it. And then it was like only a couple of turns and he hasn't really done any damage to me. And I've been kind of chipping at him. And then I kind of tank a little bit of his turn. And I think I take six damage or something, maybe a little bit more. Maybe I go to nine. Um, And then I just stir forked him, (laughs) which was sick. And he has to like take that and goes to two uh, and then kills me on the next turn. But it was like, you know, side quest achievement unlocked you know stir forked in icelander three times in three games was was awesome um but i th- i think i have a fighting chance if i have ab2 instead of ab1 for sure yeah yeah the token norin robe is a nice touch yeah uh let's see what else about that cube so it's like it's pretty high powered the cube like there's no storm striders but there is like a tunic and there's like stir forked is in there and multiple copies of blazing and wildfire uh you know uh premeditate is in there uh red in the ledger is in there also voltaire you know so you like your decks can, yeah yeah they can be pretty powerful but are also like um because of the nature of the heroes you don't really get like run over too bad you know what I mean? Yeah, the packs feel like when you look at the pack, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so <laughs> yeah. strong compared to like a draft pack. But then when you're yeah. playing the games, it's it does feel like a limited environment. Like it feels like yeah. maybe slightly more powerful, which makes it more interesting. Um, but the, all four of those heroes suffer from like, like if you make them too weak, they're really bad. Um, and I think that like they gave them enough identity pieces and power cards to to feel like themselves, you know? Yeah, totally. And what was really fun was, you know, getting to draft it with a bunch of people for the first time and everybody's just going like, Oh shit, (laughs) his cards in here. Like, Oh, you know, (laughs) which was like a, a different type of experience. That was, that was really fun. What I also really liked about it. And hopefully fab goes back to this was there were 15 card packs right yep and so there's like 
a number of cards you don't need. It's you know? it's such a it's so weird how different it is. Like yeah, it it's not just one more card per pack. It's like it's one more option per pack every pick. You know, like yeah, yeah, which yep. It feels so different. Yeah, and so I did not utilize this well enough, but like hate drafting is a real thing but also so is pivoting you know like you can really pivot kind of late because you have uh so many more picks uh which i i really liked both of those things that were uh possible you know it it just made it for like a less stressful draft like I feel pretty stressed out drafting outsiders and uprising because you're like I can't really give up any of these picks because yeah. then I might get a cracked bobble, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's th- this cube environment is so fun. Like the I, I played it once on Saturday and once on Sunday, and the the first draft I got I got typecast as Lexi, and they were just <laughs> just feeding me Lexi, um, but I didn't end up with any of the like broken stuff like i didn't see voltaire or any of the like ranger legendaries or even bullseye bracers so my deck was fine um but then the second day i was like all right i'm drafting wizard no matter what i don't i don't know which wizard but i'm not drafting ranger um (laughs) and then i got like a relatively late wildfire it was like pick five wildfire and i was like okay okay we're kano (laughs) I guess for Kano. Um, and then Julian, uh, who we talked about earlier, the Kano player yeah. who played against uh, Majin Bay was, was in that draft as well. So I was practicing my pitch stacking skills while, um, <laughs> while chatting with him. But yeah, just <laughs> that's so awesome. Good. Oh yeah. I forgot about one of the best highlights in that. F- was it the first draft or the second draft? I think it was the first draft is uh, shout out to Levi, uh, was playing Kano and uh, it's like, God, the game is like taking so long cause he's never played Kano before, <laughs> etc. So it's like the end of the game and he's playing against Lexi and uh, he's had to pitch stack his deck. So he has like the wildfire combo, but he'd like, how to explain this? He knows what all the cards are in the combo. He's unsure how to sequence them. You know, and he's done it like actually perfectly. And for some reason, Alexander Vore has has materialized out of nowhere. And he's just God. What what a funny guy. You know, he like uh, Levi flips off like wildfire off the top, and he just goes, "Oh God, you're dead." (laughs) (laughs) It's like surely there isn't like another spell or something, you know, and then Levi flips the next card and he's like, Oh Jesus. You know, he's like making all the, and he's like talking to whoever Levi was playing against. Like surely you have Oasis in Arsenal, right? You wouldn't get to this point if you didn't have an Oasis, you know? And it just is like so funny. He's just cheering on. We're all like, you know, cause France is there. who plays a lot of wizard and, and some other people, you know, and we're trying to like, Levi's about to like play a card and we're like, Ooh, maybe not, you know? And like, he's trying to figure out how to sequence the cards and he has the kill for sure and stuff. But it was, it was just such a funny environment for, to watch somebody like, I don't know, walk for the first time is what it felt like, you know? Oh, it was just, 
Every, what I was losing my mind. Everyone just, remembers their first Kano kill. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, it just was funny to watch him. Like he went, he has it like perfectly, and all he has to do is just like play the three cards and win. <laughs> but he like does it in the most roundabout way. I can't even remember what the sequence was, but he he gets there again. <laughs> Uh, but that must have been the first draft because I was in the second yeah. one and, and I got the wildfire in that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, and then he kind of did the same thing as playing uh, Ranger. I can't remember if he was Lexi or Azalea in like the next the next draft we did, where he was like also had like the killing blow, but was like couldn't figure out how to sequence his cards or whatever or what they actually did, but knew that they were good because of being played against him in in previous rounds and stuff so uh yeah really just fucking hilarious in the second draft uh zane you were in that and yeah you were kano i uh just kind of i was sitting next to alan so alan showed up and he was like i'm gonna force kano no matter what i'm like sweet so then i just forced azalea (laughs) (laughs) uh and he was just passing to me and there wind up being kind of like uh, there were four Rangers, but I think three of them were Azalea. Yeah. And I'm sitting across from Julian, and he's on Icelander, and he's just, the whole time, he's the only Icelander in the pod, too, and he's like, this deck is cracked, like, <laughs> you know, he, and he's just, like, giggling the whole time as everybody's just passing him, like, everything he needs. Blue ice, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was pretty funny. He also had no clue how to play that hero, but had an idea of how to play it, which was funny. Um, and I faced France in the 2-0 bracket for the 3-0 um, and it was the Azalea Mirror uh, and uh, it was very very close but uh, I needed to have I have him for sure dead if I just happened to have drafted like a I don't even think Skybound Shot is in there but I needed either an extra pump or an arrow that a red arrow for 6 but I just like didn't have one mm. on top and it was like one short and he kills me the next turn. And it was a great game. It was like really, really good. And it was really fun to see both of our decks. Like I was worried that France's deck was going to be a little bit better than mine. Um, he did have Skullbone Crosswrap, which was like whew, huge, really good. Yeah. yeah. But Honing Hood fucking did some work. Honing Hood me. is like sneaky, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was able to use my one of take cover uh like get a get a thing out of there put take cover in play it from arsenal so now i can block for seven and then like reloaded red uh promise of plenty or whatever nice yeah i I played france the round round two of that draft and i'm kano he's i I was alia i have tunic and i have toma fiendal so the way that i've been playing this (laughs) is like i have i have tunic toma fiendal wildfire and red emeritus so like the way that I played the first game was like just get Wildfire and Emeritus together, block, heal with Tome, and just get to the stack and kill them with the stack. Um, yeah. And game one that worked great. I think I dealt like twenty seven damage with my Wildfire <laughs> stack. Um, but then against France, I I my first Kano activation of the game is my of Fiendal. So I was like, oh okay, that sucks. So I, I have to play it there so I don't get the life gain. And then I don't, I kind of just like don't deal very much damage off the tome draw. And then his turn is like dominated arrow for nine or eight or something. And then he razors it. So, you yeah. know, I take like more than half my life total. And then the next turn, he dominates an arrow for 
the same. I think it was eight. And then he razors it, and I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> I was just Jesus. like, okay. So I did, like I don't even think my tunic was charged at that point. Like it was <laughs> just died so fast. Yeah, he razored me turn zero, and that was a huge difference. Was that I leaked that little bit of extra damage? Yeah, you know? red razor. I guess that's that's one of those ones that's probably worth a hate draft if you're in wizard. Um, yeah, totally. Totally. I had a yellow razor in my sideboard. Um but I cut it because I thought the one of defense reaction I had was going to be a little bit better. And so that's like the only kind of quote unquote brick. The guy who I was sitting next to a bunch of times who was like two seats away from me, I saw him Azalea in his sink below like every game. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad. And then he, then he lost right after that. But like, so I only wanted the one defense reaction and that one like kind of works a little bit better. Yeah. You know, France with the, the double red razor and the skull bone to like ensure that you don't do that. It's yeah. Huge. Yeah. Makes it way better. So even though I had a good uh, play with my defense reaction, there was actually a moment, a couple of moments where I was like, man, if I have a razor right here, like France is dead, you know? And it uh, was not the case. So <laughs> good on you, France. I think he's 3-0'd that cube. I think every time he's played or something like that, he's just... Jeez, built different. He's a, Yeah, cheat code, midwinter cube. He's too good. Got to ban him. Living legend, so de- for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely a highlight. If, you know, I would, I would gladly lose rounds one and two and go oh two drop just to go midwinter cube afterwards like okay unironically though like actually like it was so fun and like it it just attracted like the the hardcore like fab heads like you know like the people who like wizard and ranger who are you know kind of the niche and weird to play heroes and yeah it just attracted like it was fun to see like the crowd build around and like who's like looking closely and like watching someone draft the pack is like interesting and yeah 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 and it's just like those two heroes or those three heroes like uh lend themselves to some things in flesh and blood that i think make the game really fun like pitch stacking or like well, just a lot of pitch stacking is part of it, certainly. you know, and uh, just like being able to trade value really well. Both of all of those heroes need to be able to do that sequencing. Like I got to do the old Azalea has no cards in deck, uh, load death dealer Azalea, the same card you just loaded in to dominate it for the win. Like it's such a niche uh, interaction but like one of my favorite things yeah, in flesh and blood very is to just you feel like you're cheating you're like i have no cards in deck and i'm going to dominate this red arrow suck it bro <laughs> <laughs> you're the loser actually you know so good so oh it's just it's just great super awesome uh yeah so what a great weekend even though i didn't win the age open i had just so much fun over the whole thing like so many friends it's just crazy like the years i keep spending in the community and going to events it's just like god i just know so many people i forget how many people i freaking know at these things and that's like comforting you know totally it's such a highlight of the events it's just like run into people that you didn't know were gonna be there or just that you haven't seen in a long time Um, yeah yeah community in in california and and you know 
the the greater California scene, which in- includes a lot of like Arizona and Vegas in them. It's just a really yeah. great group of people. Yeah, it really is. And again, like it's got to be up there as threat density, you know, <laughs> in the in the country for sure. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It would be. I would love to be a SoCal native to just get trained in those training gowns. Shark you know, Tank down all here. the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Super great. Um, well, Zane, is there anything you would like to talk about before we get into our signature segment for this episode? No, I'm too excited for signature segments. Let's do it. Okay, sweet. Welcome to Pick, Pass, Pray, Monarch Edition, a throwback situation here. Uh, so it's a draft scenario for those of you unfamiliar, and I'm going to give Zane three cards and he's going to pick one, pass one, pray one comes back around. So this is a throwback. We have done many a monarch pick, pass, pray, and uh, this one is a banger, no less. So here we go. Zane, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First card is Valiant Thrust Red. Pitches for one, costs one, defends for three, attacks for four, and is a light warrior attack. And it reads, if you've charged this turn, Valiant Thrust gains plus three. Do not falter. These fiends shall die like any other beast we have faced. Ostra Marina. So that's the first card with the flavor text. Second card. Dimensional Gateway Blue. Pitches for three, costs one, defense for two, is a shadow rune blade action, and it reads opt one. Reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a rune blade card, deal one arcane damage to each opposing hero. If it's a shadow card, you may banish it. Go again. Third and final card is Ironhide Gauntlet. Generic equipment arms. Defense for zero. But it reads... When you defend with Ironhide Gauntlet, you may pay one resource. If you do, it gains plus two defense and destroy it when the combat chain closes. So, Zane, which card are you going to pick, pass, and pray comes back around? Ooh, that's tough. I I think I'm taking or I'm picking the, the Valiant Thrust here. I think it's just too powerful to let pass by. I think if it's a different piece of Ironhide, like if it's specifically Ironhide legs, I probably take the yeah. legs, but I don't. I don't like how there's such such powerful gloves that you kind of lose access to if you have Ironhide Gauntlet, um, right. but with stubbies and and gallantry and and Dreamweavers, and you know Bolton can use two of those well, and um, taking the Valiant Thrust kind of kind of leans to Bolton. So yeah, I'm gonna pick the Valiant Thrust. Uh, I'll I'll pray the Ironhide Gauntlet comes back around so I can have a backup plan, but um, and then I'll pass on Blue Dimensional. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I specifically curated this for Ironhide Gauntlets to be a tough choice in the arm slot for yeah, Monarch Draft. It is. It's really really tough. Um, I actually think I'm going to pick Dimensional Gateway mm. as my first pick. Uh, non-attack it's a blue also and it has I've, i really like kind of value this card pretty highly because of the opt and just the fact that you can like 
paying them for an arcane and there's not arcane barrier um, in this set. And if you get to see both, like if it's a seeds of agony, you get to ping them from our arcane and banish it mm-hmm. and get to play it. So that's just like really strong. Um, and I'm going to pray Ironhide gauntlets comes back around. Cause in Monarch, you need to be able to like set up and Ironhide gauntlets or just Ironhide in general is like a great way to do that. Like pitch blue block for six. If you have three of these, um, obviously if something better comes around, like stubby hammerers is really good. And like you said, dream weavers, gallantry gold, a lot of arm slots here. <clears throat> I might just pick those instead, but if it's that or valiant thrust, which valiant thrust is like super good, but it's gotta be in like the right Bolton deck or else it's just like a red block for three that you probably just have to charge. Um, hard to get it to happen uh, off of like, you know, uh, take flight, you know, you can do like take flight, hatchet, valiant thrust. Like that's a really good turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a four card hand that you need to have. So <clears throat> a little bit less flexible. So I'm going to pass on valiant thrust, but I'm going to pick dimensional pray for iron hide, but pass on valiant thrust. So that's what I'm going with. Fair. Yeah. Non-attack premium in monarch draft for sure. Yeah. And just getting your blues correct. Uh, thank you, Zane, for participating in that with me. We do have a new spoiler that came in, two new spoilers. So we're going to do what? extra little little spoiler time here. So earlier we had uh, widespread ruin, but now we have another Shadow Rune Blade attack action, widespread destruction. So this one is a yellow that costs three defense for three and is a sixer. It also has rune gate. And then it says when the combat chain closes, each hero who has lost life this turn banishes a card from their arsenal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? Which is insane. (laughs) That, that is crazy. That card is crazy. Crazy nuts. Wow. Okay. Huh? poppers because you can more poppers baby more poppers um shadow rune blade okay hmm you you can also uh play it for free if you have three rune chance and one of those is unblockable so like uh oh this must be brian gottlieb's uh the mac the macaroni yeah the macaroni <laughs> demon summoning he's been doing <laughs> uh i just realized that in this photo so yeah, you can play it for free and deal an unblockable arcane damage, basically. Assuming you've played a shadow non-attack. Right. Yeah. Which, which you probably have. You you just have you? You just played as an instant. You just uh, played Funeral Moon, baby. So you're good to go. <laughs> uh yeah. Pretty insane. Okay, well, it is another way to get cards into banish. Which yeah, it's a not it's again not a not a card positive way to do so, right? We have yet to see a card positive way to do so. Which no, dude, you you have your uh, guardians of the shadow realm and arsenal, and now you can just banish it. <laughs> then you gotta buy it back. <laughs> you gotta buy it back. <laughs> Broken. <laughs> That's how you pitch stack high level chain advice. <laughs> Shackle the Guardian of the Shadow Realm action. 
Yeah. Uh, also noted, banish a card from their arsenal. So if you got New Horizons, you're not going to banish uh, both cards. More so Lexi just be, hate. Uh, just be one of those. We, I like this card. This is great. I think it's I, fun. I'm curious how it fits in. Yeah, exactly. Like, ooh, the theme is starting to show. We also got a uh, scowling flesh bag, <laughs> which is a brute equipment head. It's got maybe the funniest art in flesh and blood. It's just like gross flesh on a skull on top of a brute's head who's grimacing at you. Uh, blocks were two, and it says, when this defends, intimidate. And it has blade break. What? what do you think? I'm not seeing this one on any of the channels. Uh, it's in our Discord right now. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. So blade break two when you defend with it, intimidate. Yeah. The dream is finally sure. alive, intimidating on their turn. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. That's basically a collapsing trap, right? Like you don't get the the card positive like portion but intimidating on their turn has always been like the dream with reckless swing um totally it uh it's a brute headpiece legendary yeah crown of providence is hard not to wear but this would be powerful into aggro yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah like really good against like briar on a cmh turn or Viscerize showing revel or something like they would oh yeah they would showing one one card in hand with a resource up yeah in its viscerize like get your revel out of here bro i'm curious so they still could arsenal it because they get it back before arsenal but interesting yeah it's it looks yeah, very interesting i see it now yeah it looks cool it does look cool great art Widespread destruction. I'm pretty into that card also. Man, spoiler season is the best. <laughs> this doesn't also, widespread destruction look like a shadow brute card kind of? It to it does. I thought it was at And first. it's six power, like it it's a yellow six power. That's like brute stuff. So interesting to see like multiple six power shadow runeblade things. That's like chains shadow runeblade stuff is all three and less, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's all really weak, <laughs> underpowered. But, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Shadow room, even... shadow room blade cards are just actively bad. It's just yeah. the fact that you had card advantage that made them good. Yeah, totally. Or that they like buffed themselves as well. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the whole the whole package together with chains ability was what made it really good. I would. I I really wish we got to see a world, a chain world with no seeds, no belittle. Like how powerful is chain? No seeds, no belittle. Like I don't think not, I don't think powerful. he's that powerful. Like I think Vistra yeah. is still better, but he's interesting, right? Like he's he has like interesting end games he can play. I don't know. I'm I'm bummed that chain retired as fast as he did. He kind of like belittle was just absolutely stupid in him. Like it automatically turns on everything you're doing. All your cards naturally yeah. trigger belittle that. It turns on the non-attack requirement. Just yeah, yeah. It was I. Th I what was interesting about chain I think was 
I think the later iterations of him might have been more powerful than the first. Or like if we blend what we we learn about Chain as we go on together in those first bits, uh, I think it is really crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say like the the best Chain deck for like the Vegas calling probably would have been running Belittle. Yeah, but at some point it's like, okay, are you just running sixty two blocks and then like Bravo just spinal crushes you and now you're in trouble like it's tough right seeds we had to run nine seeds but that card really isn't very powerful when you draw it no it it for sure is not so anyway it's just uh me and zane could wax poetic about a bygone era (laughs) yeah all days but now it's about vincette baby and uh I'm excited to get more spoilers. I'm kind of just trying to prolong the end of this episode to see if something else pops up so we can talk about it live, but that's okay. Uh, Spellbound Creepers 2.0. Oh my God. Give it to I, No, I don't want a new Spellbound Creepers. I want to be able to use Spellbound Creepers more. I feel like it's a, a dead card so many of the time. So. Iron, it's Iron Rot Legs, baby. Yeah, it ba- it basically is. Also, what an interesting fake out. Sorry that uh, Brian Gottlieb did because he did Blasmafet uh, and uh, Soul Harvester or whatever. Yeah, uh, as his two cards, but then it's a Shadow Runeblade card. Like he just really bamboozled the brute brute nation. Yeah, rude. Fucked up, dude. It is. <laughs> it is like I mean we said it right. It does look like a brute card. Yeah, totally. I'm baffled. So. I'm confused. I'm cu- I'm curious. Is Levia now a brute Runeblade? Levia redeemed. Shadow Dual class. Shadow Runeblade brute. Who knows? That'd be crazy. She gets seeds of agony. Insane. Anyway, uh, Zane, I would like to thank you very much for being on the show again. Being the pitch hitter for uh, the podcast was great. Uh, my plan C was to just do this whole thing by myself, which maybe wouldn't have been as entertaining as having you on. So really thank you for the call to arms here. Rallying the rear guard. Boom, there we go. The amulet of Haven Call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to happy to join. Always glad to talk. Um and, you know, it was fun to talk about Battle Hard in LA, which was just a really a really good weekend. It totally was, and I recommend anybody from anywhere in the country or world to travel to go to anything put on by AGE. It's so good. Yeah. Justin and all them, just the best. 100%. Well, that's our show, everybody. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it, and um, yeah, Uh, we'll we'll see see you all later in the next episode, and you know, can't wait for more spoilers from this, uh, from the just new set. So thanks everybody. And goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the attack action podcast on Twitter. We are at battle bro, Taylor and at battle bro, Isaac, shoot us an email, the attack action podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like, and subscribe, Shop for singles using our affiliate link or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.